conta quanto a gente testa. That's it. Uh, we are back. And you are listening to WKCR-FM New York, WKCR-HD1. We are celebrating the music of the maestro soberano Antônio Carlos de Almeida, brasileiro, Jobim. Antônio Carlos de Almeida, brasileiro, Jobim. <laughs> Now we have a, uh, such a pleasure to have... A, Fabiano Canosa coming and talk with us, and we're going to have a good time until uh, uh, 6 p.m. So uh, we're going to talk about some soundtracks. And uh, Fabiano, of course, he was the curator of uh, the Joseph uh, Pops. Uh, uh, let him talk. Let's do an yeah, I did that. The gig for 17 years was a pleasure. Uh, it was from 78 to 95. And uh, I had an occasion to to bring like some of the Brazilian musicians in separate uh, uh, departments uh, like music, and I was very proud of my work there. I've been all around with film programming in New York, and I enjoyed it. I I suppose I should stress that before I came here, uh, before we started, I. I asked you if this was going to be an interview about me or Tom Jobim. <laughs> There has been a special advice not to talk about me, but I think it's veered into a different direction. <laughs> And so I feel more comfortable. But you for real, so let's uh, uh, play that we are sitting somewhere between Ipanema and Leblon. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we can uh, uh, have a good time to uh, remember uh, Jobim. Oh, absolutely. Jobim was a sort of a guiding light for me in my adolescence. I mean, it's like, as a matter of fact, it's a blessing that uh, being Brazilian and living in Rio de Janeiro and going to those areas like Ipanema, Leblon, Copacabana, and listening to the Brazilian music of the period, it was really the best times of our lives. And so, I must say, it moves me until now. The experiences that I, that I had in those years, growing up listening to the new Jojo Burst and the new Tom Jobim, and the new, uh, the, all the different uh, directions that the Brazilian bossa nova took, including coming to America and exploding. I mean, that's really fantastic. And uh, we're going to start because Black Orpheus, the movie, and uh, uh, Fabiano Canosa was right there in Rio de Janeiro when they were making the film. The film. Uh, yes, that's a. That's interesting because the film was uh, was uh, assisted by a French group that was in, uh, in, in uh, located in Rio at the time. French, a group of uh, uh, the builders, and uh, at the moment, uh, Rio de Janeiro was being sort of uh, uh, buildings disappearing and like, replaced by. By buildings that followed more like the structures of the Corbusier and and Niemeyer, and so uh, for each building that they would build, these architects they would have a, a movie house on the ground, like the Paysandu, where I program theater that I programmed, the opera, 
which was exactly opened with Black Orpheus in 1959. And the reception wasn't as good as I expected it would. It was confirmed later when the film got to the Palme d'Or in Cannes and got the, the Oscar or Best Film of the Year. The soundtrack is still memorable. And it's interesting because in the film there are more songs of Jobim than there were in the original because the original the, the, was mostly Louise Bonfa. So Marcel Camus, who directed the film, made an amalgamation of the the, the two soundtracks and uh, 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 used it for the soundtrack of Black Orpheus. Uh, Felicidade, for instance, is a song that survived the cuts imposed by by the production in regards to the original track of uh, Orpheus of Carnaval, which was in 1956 at the Municipal Theater. It was a very small engagement for 10 days only, but so memorable that in 1959 the film came about and there were all those wonderful people in it, Marpesa Don, Breno Silveira. It was really a very special moment. And the carnival at that time never looked so great. As a matter of fact, a lot of tourism in, in Brazil uh, uh, from the Northern Hemisphere stems from people who saw and watched and loved the Black Orpheus. Interesting that it was the opening film of the Opera Theater, which was like a great uh, movie house for a couple of decades until it became a video store. So uh, another movie the, uh, I was uh, uh, seeing the other day, one more time, and I said, wow, I think you were involved with uh, Donna Flor and the Two Husbands? I opened Donna Flor in Brazil, uh, in New York, and, and throughout the States I was a representative of Film, which was the Brazilian film production company that, um, that sponsored and uh, produced most of our films in the period. It was one of the, the, the less uh, uh, harmful things that came from the dictatorship in Brazil. They created the Ember film, where it is a period that it was destroyed in the early 80s by Collor de Mello. As a matter of fact, I mean, like, uh, we have some presidents, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, in any case, uh, Dona Flor was the film that also I had, <clears throat> I took the opportunity to, uh, to see and spend time with Sonia Braga, who is this magnificent girl who made many, many movies here in America as well. And she she's still going. I, I'm very proud of, of knowing her and of the, the films that she made and all the involvement that she had with the film industry in Brazil because she raised... The, the expectations of the Brazilian film industry. I have to say as well that it was like uh, thanks to the, the Barreto family that produced the movie and to Jorge Amado, who was instrumental in, uh, in uh, writing the book of the film. Vilker was a great 
person as well. I mean, I spent a lot of time with him here and uh, in uh, in Brazil. That's so great. But Dona Flor, we took it everywhere. It was the most seen Brazilian film ever, uh, not only in Brazil, but I believe also worldwide. It was more or less the effect that Boston Nova had in 1962 when it was presented here for the first time. It was uh, completely taken over by, by the easy listeners. And uh, not only that, it became then jazz, and the jazz bossa nova was fantastic. Yes, uh, this transformation. We but, grew up with that. Yeah. So, but uh, we are talking about also the Jobim was lucky to come to to New York and uh, get together with uh, Creed Taylor, the producer, because he knew how to package. For the world, you know, because Bossa Nova was already in France before, but he had to come to New York to go back to the world. Well, it was like the, the domination of the uh, waves anywhere is always with American product that is more or less imposed, either through uh, the, the oh. money on the side or, you know, it's like the payola. <laughs> Like the Lombada. Remember the Lombada? Oh, sure. My I remember seeing the Lombada here at the Palladium when it comes from France. Oh, my goodness, yeah. you did. Yes. So yes. I didn't have a chance to witness yeah. that. <laughs> at that time, I was very involved with the film and the programming at the public theater. And after the public theater, you worked for the archives of the... I did a couple of years. I worked at the Ontology Film Archives, and uh, we established some some setups that uh, they still use, like the presentation of recent films and some open runs. Uh, uh, it was a short-lived experience, but very worthy because of of the the, the time that I spent with Jonas Mekas and all all his folks there. He had a community of uh, people from Lithuania uh, origin, and it was quite interesting. It was an experience. Well, I also did some stuff for the Symphony Space. You remember the Symphony Space on 95th and Broadway? It's a, a performing space mostly, but they had a movie that, on the basement called The Thalia, and The Thalia was probably uh, until the 80s, the most remarkable uh, uh, revival house in uh, in America. I mean, it was a theater that played double bills every day, all different. That means that at least more or less 800 films a year they would be showing in the, in the theater. A real remarkable opportunity for people to catch up. As a matter of fact, even Woody Allen used uh, uh -huh. uh, in a scene of Eddie Hall, Diane uh, Keaton and him going to see the sorrow and the pity at the the side. Anyway, at the symphony space, we alternated between the the side, the exterior, and the 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 big space, and we did series that were quite remarkable with lots of attendance. This is, of course, pre-streaming. 
Right. The arrow yeah. priest swimming. <laughs> All right, so uh, I'm going to play uh, uh, tracks from, uh, this is from uh, Black Orpheus soundtrack. And I got this uh, album, it uh, was released in 2008 by Universal Music in France. That it, it is completely uh, some new uh, tracks, uh, some uh, and the liner notes are completely different from the the first one that has no liner notes at all. Yeah. And this one has all the really artistic direct Antonio Carlos Jobim, words made by Vinicius Moraes, music by Antonio Carlos Jobim, uh, words by Antonio Maria and some of the tracks. Um, music by Luis Bonfá also, and uh, with Elisete Cardoso on vocals, Agostinho dos Santos on vocals, Luis Bonfá on guitar, Roberto Menescal on guitar, and they talk about this year. Why Roberto Menescal? Because it was supposed to be João Gilberto, and he didn't show up. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I yeah. didn't know yes. that. Oh, the liner notes yeah. are real the precious. Liner notes, yeah. That's great. <laughs> 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 anyway, so... We're going to play, and this was all recorded in Rio and Sao Paulo, it's funny, uh, between February 1958 and March, like you 19. said, March 1958. Huh? Yeah, well, you know, it's like, they, they, there's a, a rumor a, a, that the, the, the crew that came from France was so thrilled about being in Rio de Janeiro that they really relished. They stayed at Copacabana Palace. They spent money on all the things that you do when you're traveling and you're doing a movie and et cetera, et cetera. And so uh, the money was over and the producer, Sacha Gordini, didn't know what to do. And uh, so he was going by from the architects who later had a very important film distribution company in Brazil that I worked for, that showed all the Godards and, and Bressons. And uh, they would go to the, this, the, the architects to buy the negative, real by real, suffering enormously. The film was ended, uh, its production, on a real shoestring. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Let's listen to this. Huh?
Tristeza não tem fim Felicidade sim A felicidade é como a gota de orvalho Numa pétala de flor Brilha tranquila Depois de leve oscila E cai como uma lágrima de amor a felicidade do pobre parece A grande ilusão do carnaval A gente trabalha o ano inteiro Por um momento de sonho Pra fazer a fantasia de rei Ou de pirata ou jardineira e tudo se acabar na quarta-feira Tristeza não tem fim Felicidade sim A felicidade é como a pluma Que o vento vai levando pelo ar Voa tão leve mas tem a vida breve, precisa que haja vento sem parar. Precisa que haja vento sem parar. Precisa que haja vento sem parar. Tristeza não tem fim. Maiores colares os 
back and uh, listen to the soundtrack of a Black Orpheus. Uh, we did the abertura, the opening, a trilha sonora original, and uh, we had a felicidade. This is with Augustinho dos Santos. But uh, we are talking with uh, Fernando Canosa here. Fabiano. Fabiano. Estava <laughs> 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 sonhando aqui. Agora o Fabiano vai falar, we're going to talk about uh, uh, the new wave of the Brazilian cinema. The cinema novel, which was about time, about the time that Black Horses was released in Brazil. There was rumor of a movement uh, that was being created uh, in Rio de Janeiro to improve the quality and the aim and the directions of Brazilian cinema is something that uh, was a little later uh, called Cinema Novo. Cinema Novo, inspired by the work that was being done in the, in the mid-50s by the French directors who created the Nouvelle Vague and then uh, went to, to, uh, they went to make their own films according to their own persuasions. The movement started in Rio. Apparently, the word, the expression, was coined by David Neves, who was a great friend and a person who is like the guardian angel of this period of the cinema novel in its inception. 
But when Black Orpheus came about then, with all its energy and all those scholars and all that uh, magnificent vulgarity that Carnival is and all the joys and and also the the, uh, the tragic happenings uh, in this tale of Orpheus, what happened is that the film was kind of dismissed. People, there was no consensus with the, among the critics, and it's uh, almost uh, unimaginable that in any country, ex, uh, the only country ex, uh, where black authors doesn't play regularly is Brazil. It has never been revived. Unbelievable! Oh, it's I. Uh, it's like something that appalls me. You know, it's like we've never played again for a run. You know, it may have happened on TV. You know, they had it, but not the way that we would expect it to be seen and recognized. Because after all, a film that gets the Academy Awards for Best Feature Film of 19 uh, Foreign Film of 1958. And, uh, and best uh, foreign film, and uh, best uh, Palme d'Or in Cannes in 1959. I mean, really, I mean, deserves a little more consideration from us. But yeah. that's okay. We're sometimes ungrateful. Uh, what was interesting is that at that time, the Bossa Nova was starting, and it was a discovery. I mean, well, in 1958, when I... When I heard for the first time Jean Gilberto, I was awed. I was so, so happy that that music could exist. And it came attached to names that uh, people already knew, like uh, Antonio Mari, uh, Luis Bonfa. But then, like, then all of a sudden you get into a situation in which you get completely immersed in the music with João Gilberto. And so João Gilberto really is such a significant part of not only my life, but every Brazilian's life. Because in the succession, right after Chega de Saudade, which was the first LP, he came with one more to Sofia Flor, Love, the Smile, and the Flower, which had like a bulk of music of Tom Jobim, a bulk of music from Vinicius de Moraes, and then from another side there would be Silvia Teres, and then they started the other singer side, and then it became like the, a, a movement that is on uh, still now. And there are countries where like Bossa Nova is almost like a, a profession, like in... Uh, Japan, for instance, that's <laughs> interesting. But one thing that I wonder with you, if it is if it is not in the prehistory of the Bossa Nova before 1958, is a song of Antonio Maria called Valsa de uma Cidade, oh, yeah. which is really uh, the beginning of the awakening for this kind of music that expresses a, a sort of like stems from the romanticism of like the early 20th century French composers like Debussy, Havel. And it comes into a situation in which it popularized 
with lyrics that are sublime, with voices that are terrific. Uh, and so uh, I, I was uh, uh, privileged that I was able like, to, to, to be a teenager living in a world of bossa nova, the inauguration of Brazil. We were very hopeful creatures in mm -hmm. those days. What about this track that we're going to play now, Porto das Caixas? So, the, the story, uh, the, uh, with the beginning of, uh, of Cinema Nova, the, there were f people who g got like very visible immediately. For instance, Paulo Cesar Saraceni, whose uh, first film was shown in Pesaro at the, uh, in Italy. And Pesaro was a festival that was a kind of like the most useful festival in Europe at the time. And they had like lots of movies and tendencies of the cinema from all over, from Czechoslovakia, from, from Hungary, from, even from America with the Indies, the beginning of the Indies in America. And so uh, in Pesaro they praised this film, uh, Portos de Scotches, including there was a lovely uh, review written by Alberto Moravia. And that's ingratiated the idea of a different cinema with, uh, in, in all uh, the, the new generation of Italian cinema, post-new realism like that involved the directors of Bellocchio, Bertolucci, and, and others. And what happened is that all of a sudden, there was a term that existed and there were the first attempts to bring Brazilian cinema to a new, a new step. And that started with films like Rio Zona Norte and Rio 40 Graus by Nelson Pereira dos Santos. Those were the highlights, the, the, the first samples. And uh, people talking about this new cinema, and then comes a, a, a filmmaker who was more famous for his bureaucratic work as the head of Emberfilm, and also for having done the films of Roberto Carlos. His name was Roberto Farias, and he made a wonderful thriller called uh, A Cidade Ameaçada in 1960. And then in 1962, Nelson Pereira, who had done those two urban films, decided to make an adaptation of Villasecas by Graciliano Ramos, a very well renowned novel, Brazilian literature at its best. And he went up north, he couldn't do the movie, he made another film, there was a kind of a patch, but in 62 he filmed. And so in those years, films started sprouting, and Porto das Caixas was one of the first. It was a film that told the story of a, of a love triangle in which uh, the wife kills the husband to live with the young man. The young man was Roberto Faria's brother, Reginaldo Faria, who later became a big star on Brazilian television. And um, it was a beautiful movie. And there was this waltz that was so haunting and we couldn't find the record. I mean, I only got this record in the mid-60s. 
the, the recording of Porzelas Caixas with one of the first records of Tom Jobim. So it's like, it's a pleasure to mention Porzelas Caixas that not only was a, a, had a very big film importance, but also a musical importance because it was the first soundtrack composed by Tom Jobim with orchestration, music, no lyrics, but the music. Right, great, let's listen.
WKCR FM New York, WKCR HD, and you are listening to the Antonio Carlos Jobim birthday broadcast, and we are talking to Fabiano Canosa. Fabiano, let's uh, get into another soundtrack there. I announce because uh, the adventures, but the first time I saw the movie was uh, a couple weeks ago. And I, I was impressed, you know, to tell you the truth. Uh-huh. I didn't know it was such a big production like that. Oh, yes, it was a, a big production. A lot of actors, actors were like very popular at the moment. Uh, Candice Bergen uh, was, uh, came from, from uh, the film with Claude Lelouch, who was the, the, the king of French cinema in those days. They had made a woman, a man and a woman, and then uh, Life to Live with Bergen and Yves Montan. And uh, it was a film with the, that expanded the theory of the sensationalist novel uh, turned into pictures that Paramount spoused when they started doing films like The Carpet Baggers, which was based on uh, on Robbins, and uh, he had they had all this circle of of people and made a bunch of films that were kind of sensationalist, daring for the moment, for the time, like Harlow and others with uh, Carol Baker, and so um, the Adventurers was shot on. On location was a film with like you know incredible production values, and uh, the music is probably one of the highlights because uh, it's like the film was, didn't mean much in the box office. People, it was too long, it was two hours and fifty minutes, and so I mean a lot of people avoided spending that length of time in the movie house to see an actual picture, which is interesting because it's a, it's a, a Nerzat story of uh, the, the affair between Porfirio Rubirosa, who was an incredible playboy of the time. He really uh, did a lot of girls rapping in his time. And uh, the other... Uh, It was Ruby Rosa with Barbara Hutton, who had married the previously Cary Grant, so that they had a very stormy relationship, which the the film tries to uh, incorporate. Oh, I didn't know it was Ruby Rosa in the middle. Yes, now I remember. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Ruby Rosa finally died in in Paris, huh? Oh, no. Probably, I, think I mean, it was like a he used car to roam around Paris, yeah, yeah, yeah. mostly. But uh, the movie engagement. they shot uh, on Columbia, I think I saw in the credits. Oh, the the they shot the movie, the you know, in the, Columbia, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah they, they just shot on but, uh, Rubiosa is from the well, Dominican the, Republic, right? The Dominican. Yeah, but I mean, he traveled all over. I yeah. mean, he whatever <laughs> the money was and the girls, you know, like uh, he plays uh, polo, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, and it was a very, it was, uh, it was an interesting film, but uh. uh 
what came uh, next in the canon of, uh, of Tom, he didn't make too many soundtracks, but the soundtracks that, that uh, he didn't do signing them, they were played all over in, with his songs, like Girl from Ipanema. I'm sure that there are about 50 movies that register the song in different versions. Yeah. And uh, then he did uh, uh, one that occurs to me, that is, um, that is Gabriella, which was also made by Bruno Barreto in the north of Brazil, with Sonia Braga this time, repeating the role that she had done on television. It was just that, in addition, there was Marcello Mastroianni, and they shot the majority of the film in a village that was very famous, uh, made very famous by Brazilian filmmakers, uh, the, the Parati, and the village, which is an 18th century city that is uh, completely uh, preserved by the historical patrimony of Brazil. And it's like really a remarkable place yeah. to go. And there was uh, Sonia Braga made in, making uh, uh, with Mastroianni the Gabriella role once more.
mais perto, moço bonito Chega mais perto, meu raio de sol A minha casa é um escuro deserto Mas com você era cheia de sol Molha tua boca na minha boca A tua boca é meu doce, é meu sal mas quem sou eu nesta vida tão louca? Mais um palhaço no teu carnaval Casa de sombra, vida de monge Quanta cachaça na minha dor Volta pra casa, fica comigo Vem que eu te espero tremendo de amor
pena de mim Ouve só meus ais Está bonito, ainda a gente se distrai, mas que triste de repente quando o véu da noite cai. Aqui fora está tão frio e lá dentro está também. Não há tempo mais vazio do que longe. Do meu Okay, we continue here with the soundtrack of a Crónica da Casa Assassinada. A Crônica da Casa Assassinada é outro filme do Paulo César Sarracene, baseado num romance famosíssimo de Lúcio Costa, de, de Lúcio Cardoso. This Chronicle of uh, the Murdered House is a film that is based on a famous novel of L Lucio Cardoso, who was a wonderful writer from Rio de Janeiro, who had a very special kind of, of writing. He was very intimate and uh, much different from 
most of the, the writers uh, who, who wrote significant literature in Brazil and was a very close friend of uh, Paulo Sarraceni. The film is a fantastic movie because it got together some of the best actors of the stage in Brazil at the time. Uh, there was Norma Bengel, there was Fabio Sabag, there was Ari Fontoura, and it was like a, an incredible melodrama about the loss of belief in the world by this woman who is a governess in a house that has has like lots of skeletons in the family. It was made in CinemaScope, and uh, the fact that uh, uh, that Paulo made the movie with the vicinity of his relationship with Lucio Cardoso tells a lot about the film. I opened it here in New York in the 1970s at the First Avenue Screening Room, which is another theater that I also programmed here that got quite my, uh, mileage with uh, art films. In any case, uh, the Tom was uh, an incredible person. I met him a couple of times, of course, in, in Rio de Janeiro at the Plataforma because David Nevis was close with him and so we would say hello until one day mentioned to Carlos Diegues, the director who was here in town, that he would like to meet me, and the Kaka organized uh, uh, a meeting, and we went for, for dinner, and it was a lot of fun, because uh, he had uh, his quirks, and he had his persuasions, and the, the, uh, he was always very uh, hopeful that things would get better, if not worse. I mean, there was no other way. In any case, uh, Tom Jobim was very, very special. Uh, I recall I recall that uh, well, the day he died, which was in December of 1994, I was hosting a real um, Bernardo Bertolucci, and we had a dinner date set up for that evening with João Gilberto, a dinner, of course, that was canceled for was canceled for obvious reasons, and uh, I, I regret that. Of the, as I regretted the passing of Tom Jobim, I also regret the fact that we didn't have that meeting because it was also uh, the meeting that didn't happen between me and João, whom I knew here in New York. Uh, the, 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 also, an Upper West Sider. And uh, we would go exchange uh, conversations on the phone, sometimes for hours, and we visited each other many times.
We are back, and you are in tune with WKCR-FM New York 89.9 on your dial. And this is the Antonio Carlos Jobim birthday broadcast. We just heard uh, this is the soundtrack from Crónica da Casa Assassinada. We play also other tracks before. This is all on vinyl. We play soundtracks from uh, Gabriela. We play with... Uh, the track Gabriela with uh, Jobim and uh, Gal Costa. And also we did a couple tracks, main, the main title, Children Game and uh, Rome Montage. This is all from the soundtrack The Adventures. Okay, and then we are with uh, our friend here talking about all this. Man. We have such a great time. <laughs> Let's talk about now about uh, uh, I have set up Eutiam. Uh, that is a spectacular combination of uh, the the music of Tom and uh, the, the lyrics of Chico. Eutiam is a, I consider one of the masterpieces of of both, and uh, it was a film that I I have a very great fondness because it's a film in which like I did a, a, a lot of publicity for uh, in Cannes uh, in the States and there was a film that make made a very close uh, association between Sonia and I that was Meu sangue errou de veia e se perdeu Como um sinal de desordem do armário embutido Teu paletó enlaça o meu vestido E o teu sapato ainda pisa no meu Como se nos amamos feito dois pagãos Teus seios ainda estão nas minhas mãos Me explica com que cara eu vou sair Não, acho que estás só fazendo de conta Te dei meus olhos pra tomares conta Agora conta como é de partir Eu te amo, Chico Buarque de Holanda e Thelma Costa. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this was, uh, I was... I was very happy to be here uh, celebrating the birthday of Tom Jobim. His passing was a blow for everybody because he was someone we, we kept like as one of uh, a sort of a, a star that shone forever in our lives, and we will carry his music, and as we can see, all oh, with the wonderful array of of musics and uh, the songs and themes that he created, that was really, was a uh, Frank Sinatra must, I, I agree with Sinatra, <laughs> <a> genius. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, let's do the introduction for the next song because we have the documentary you didn't see yet. I saw the documentary. I'm going to oh, send it. Oh, that is special. Special because uh, the the song Hours in March uh, uh, is a song that has a deep meaning for me. It's a song that more or less flows uh, a great part of my life. For the past 45 years, I've been enchanted with it, and I'm very, very happy that finally the documentary on the, the filming of these songs plus others in Los Angeles in 1973 came about, and that's going to be shown certainly here in America, but has already been screened in, in Brazil, and uh, everybody says that it's absolutely extraordinary. I'm sorry I haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to repair this fault when I go to Brazil in March. If I get a link so that I can watch it. It's a documentary about Tom Jobim and Elise Regina, who is my favorite Brazilian female singer of all time. And uh, I think a lot of people agree with me. It is uh, absolutely extraordinary, the recording that they made of this song. And that's more or less the centerpiece of the film that was filmed about almost uh, 50 years ago and only now has the light of day. Thank you, Fabiano Canosa, for coming and talk to Thank us you. here on WKCR, the Tom Jobim birthday broadcast. It's a privilege. Thank you so much. É o fim do caminho É o resto de toco É um pouco sozinho É um caco de vidro É a vida, é o sol É a noite, é a morte É o laço, é o anzol É peroba do cão É o nó da madeira ganga, ganga. É o matita pereira É madeira de vento a É o mistério profundo É o queira ou não queira É o vento ventando Chuva chovendo é conversa ribeira das águas de março é o fim da canseira é o pé é o chão é a mastradeira passarinho na mão pedra de atiradeira é uma ave no céu é uma ave no chão é um regato é uma fonte é um pedaço de pão é o fundo do poço é o fim do caminho no rosto desgosto é um pouco sozinho é um estreco é um prego é uma ponta é um É o tijolo chegando É a lenha, é o dia É o fim da picada É a garrafa de cana O estilhaço na estrada É o projeto da casa É o corpo na cama É o carro enguiçado É a lama, é a lama É um passo É uma ponte É um saco É uma rã É um resto De mato Na luz Da manhã São as águas de março Fechando o verão É a promessa de vida No teu coração
Uma cobra é um pau É João É José É um espinho Na mão É um corte No pé São as águas de março Fechando o verão É a promessa de vida no teu coração É pau É pedra É o fim Do caminho É um resto De topo É um pouco Sozinho É um passo É uma ponte É um sábio É uma rã É um belo horizonte É uma febre terçã São as águas de março Fechando o verão Promessa de vida no teu coração Pau Pedra Vinho Coco Coco Vinho Agro Hidro Vida Hoje Aço Sol São as águas de março Fechando o verão É a promessa de vida no teu coração Vai levando pelo ar Voa tão leve Mas tenha vida breve Precisa que haja vento sem parar A felicidade do pobre parece A grande ilusão do carnaval A gente trabalha O ano inteiro Sonho pra fazer a fantasia De rei ou de pirata ou jardineira E tudo se acabar na quarta-feira É como a gota de ovalho numa pétala de flor Brilha tranquila depois de leve oscila E cai como uma lágrima de amor A minha felicidade está sonhando Nos olhos da minha namorada É como esta noite Passando, passando Em busca da madrugada Fala embaixo, por favor Pra que ela acorde alegre como o dia Oferecendo beijos de amor
você disser que eu desafio amor Saiba que isto em mim provoca imensa dor Só privilegiados têm ouvido igual ao seu Eu possuo apenas o que Deus me deu Se você insiste em classificar meu comportamento diante musical Eu mesmo mentindo devo argumentar Que isto é bossa nova, que isto é muito natural O que você não sabe nem sequer presente É que os desafinados também têm coração Fotografei você na minha Rolleiflex Revelou-se a sua enorme ingratidão Só não poderá falar assim do meu amor Este é o maior que você pode encontrar, viu? Você com a sua música esqueceu o principal e no peito dos desafinados, no fundo do peito bate calado No peito dos desafinados também bate um coração
Pela meia rosa do quadrante norte João, João Um tal de Chico chamado Antônio Num cavalo baio que era um burro velho Que na barra fria já cruzado o rio Lá vinha Matias Cujo nome é Pedro, aliás, Horácio, vulgo Simão Laon, chamado Tião, chamado João. Recebendo aviso, entortou o caminho de norte, nordeste para norte. Na meia vida, dia a dia das mortes Um estranho chamado João No clarão das águas, no deserto negro A perder mais nada, corajoso medo lá Quero ver você Por sete caminhos de setenta sortes Setecentas vidas e sete mil mortes Esse Jardim das rosas de sonho e medo No 
clarão das águas No deserto negro lá Quero ver você Você me
We are back and you are in tour with WKCR-FM New York. And this is the Antonio Carlos Jobim birthday broadcast. This is about uh, 27 minutes past the hour of uh, 6 o'clock. And now we are waiting for the next guest. There will be Judith King from Brazil. Conas. We are playing the beautiful music of Antonio Carlos Jobim until midnight tonight, a 24-hour celebration, only from WKCR to you. What do we play here, the last track? Oh, Captain Bacardi, uh, Antonio Carlos Jobim. We have a Samba do Avion by uh, Jim Figueiredo. No, we're going to play this next. Inútil Paisagem Bina. Enerud, this is a garoto from uh, uh, João Corrimidjan. And uh, before that, Borzengui. For Antonio Carzombin and Banda Nova from the album Passarim. Matilda Pere with uh, Luciana Souza. And uh, at the top of the hour was uh, Estrada do Sol, brand new, also released by the Ogani String Quartet. Arrangements and voice. Uh, arrangements, voice and strings by uh, Clarice Assadi. 212-854-9920. We're going to start now. With the real thing, produced by Creed Taylor, the man who packaged the whole bossa nova to the world. The Guts Gilberto Alban. Olha que coisa mais linda, mais cheia de graça. Ela, menina que vem, que passa. Num doce balanço, caminho do mar. Moça do corpo dourado do sol de Ipanema O seu balançado é mais que um poema É a coisa mais linda que eu já vi passar Ah, por que estou tão sozinho? Ah, por que tudo é tão triste? A beleza que não é só minha Que também passa sozinha Ah, se ela soubesse que quando ela passa O mundo sorrindo se enche de graça E fica mais lindo por causa do amor Oh, 
Sozinho ao som do lamento do meu violão Dora Alice, eu bem que lhe disse Olha essa embrulhada em que vou me meter Agora amor, Dora Alice, meu bem Como é que nós vamos fazer? Dora Alice, eu bem que lhe disse Amar a tolice é bobagem e ilusão Eu prefiro viver tão sozinho Ao som do lamento do meu violão seu bem que lhe disse Olha essa embrulhada em que vou me meter Agora amor, Doralice, meu bem Como é que nós vamos fazer? Um belo dia você me surgiu Eu quis fugir, mas você insistiu Alguma coisa bem que andava me avisando Até parece que eu estava adivinhando Eu bem que não queria me casar contigo Bem que não queria enfrentar este perigo Doralice, agora você tem que me dizer Como é que nós vamos fazer?
que um belo dia isso mudou Vai ver que mudei eu Ou o tempo virou Mas só sei Que hoje sabe Existe ao desespero 